You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to the program today. Holy smoke, it is September. How in the world do we get to September? Fall is officially upon us. My favorite season of the year. Um, go check out Outpost Coffee. These guys have got everything you want uh, caffeinated beverage-wise. You're not going to want to miss out on these guys. Check them out. Order their stuff. Like Have it shipped to your house. Outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, it uh, it seems that even in rural, I mean, I wouldn't even say this is rural, but this is, I mean, it's not a gigantic community here in Oklahoma. We now have a public outdoor drag queen show coming to Bartlesville. Um, <clears throat> they're calling it Pride Lives Here. Uh, they have multiple... Um, drag queen uh, individuals um, they're touting this as a family friendly family safe environment so you can bring your kids and here's the thing I'm not angry I- I'm not mad I-, I don't I don't hate anyone I'm not scared of this event here's where I- what I am though I'm concerned. I'm concerned for the moral fabric of our community. I'm I'm concerned for the moral fabric of our world. And you say, well, wait a second, Caleb. That's your opinion about your your morals. You can't impose your morals on the LGBT community. Okay. Let me just stop you right there. Because these morals that I adhere to were not set up by me so they're not my morals they're not my morals here here's where i i struggle because we know by conscience and creation that there is something out there that has created the universe there's something that's created the world around us the historical evidence uh, and the scientific evidence for biblical Christianity is overwhelming. It cannot be undone by any atheist. Uh, no one can do it. No one. They've tried, and and it's not possible to to do that. So we know by creation that there is a creator, and that creator has a specific agenda. He has set up the world in a certain capacity. He has set up men and women to be um, men and women, specifically. You say, how do you know that, Caleb? Well, because the Bible says so. Um, one of the things that God said in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, it says, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, all the wild animals and all on the earth, small animals, they scurry along the ground, 
So God created human beings in the image of God. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is echoed again in Mark chapter 10, verse 6, where it says, this is Jesus talking, he says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So, when you have the trans community coming at you and they say, okay, I know I was born a man, but I'm really a woman trapped inside of a man's body, so I, I need this to be changed and I need to be a, I need to be a woman or if it's a woman saying I, I was trapped in a man's body I'm, I'm trapped I'm a man trapped inside of a woman's body make me a man what you're in essence saying is that God made a mistake and that and that I that's that's a gutsy move that's a gutsy move to say God created something that was a mistake God created someone that is a mistake. And this is the problem with most of the world, is that when we don't align ourselves with Christian worldviews that that says, hey, God created you for a purpose. God created you for a reason. You're not a mistake. You're not a mess up. You're not, you have the stamp of, of a creator whose name is Jehovah. His name is God Almighty. He put the stamp of your creation on you. You're, you're, you're made for a purpose. You're made for a reason. And when you flip the middle finger at the God of the universe and say, God, I know you made me, I know you made me a man, but really I think you made a mistake. I, I, I should be a woman. That's dangerous ground to be on. So, I, I, I mean, this was in Women's Health this last week. Um, the law. Um, let's see here. The language we have around gender identity is rapidly expanding to accommodate for the wide variety of gender identities and expressions that are out there. So, when you step outside of the confines of God's word, it's helter skelter. There's no such thing as definitive truth anymore and you can't have that i mean and so but here's the thing we're still in we're still in a place in the world today if i walked into a hospital or a doctor's office a surgeon's office and i said listen i identify as a quadriplegic i need you to cut my arm off or i need you to cut my left leg off that doctor would immediately go uh, no no, you need to leave. And they might even call a psych ward to see if I need to have a mental evaluation because there's something wrong with me. There's a mental issue here. There's a mental problem that is that is manifesting itself in my life when I say, hey, I identify as a quadriplegic, so therefore I need you to cut my leg off. The same thing would apply to any man, any woman who walks into a doctor's office and says, I know I am a man, but I'm identifying as a woman. I need you to cut my breasts off and inject me with hormones and testosterone and do a reconstructive surgery and give me, give me a penis. Like, and that's now viewed as, oh, that's normal and natural. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that's a mental illness. If a man walks in and says, listen, I know I'm a man, but I really am a woman down deep. I need you to cut my penis off. That is a mental illness. Just like I, if I said I was a quadriplegic that needed you to cut my legs off. But because we've gone so far astray in, in this world, this is where we are. And we've got leaders, shoot, we've got leaders in our town 
that are saying crazy things. And so this is where it leads me into 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So God says that God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe lies. They will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. So I think we're in the beginning stages of, of this thing taking place in 2 Thessalonians, where men and women are suppressing the truth because of the, they've, they've rejected the truth. God's saying, okay, I'm going to send you strong delusions and you're going to believe what's a lie. Um, a lady who is a pastor in our community wrote this on uh, social media this week. that She said, the Bible does not condemn anyone for being lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, plus, or a drag queen. And that's the end. I'm, there's still more in the quote, but that's as far as I'm going. But I'm not sure where she gets this because, uh, and this is why I'm concerned, because we have a growing number of leaders who stand in the public square and say things like this: that, that they, hey, listen, there's no judgment from God. The the Bible doesn't condemn this. But if you go to the Bible, God's very clear on this particular sin. So this is Romans chapter one, verses twenty six through thirty two. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy to have eternal praise forever. Amen. This is why God abandoned them to... I'm sorry, this is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with a woman, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. As a result of their sins, they suffered within themselves the penalty of what they deserved. Um, that's, that's sounding like, Hey, there, there's definitely some condemnation from the Lord Jesus about, uh, homosexuality. Let's keep going to verse 28 though. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, they obtained for themselves, they, they, uh, abandoned themselves to foolish thinking and let them, and, and, and let them do things that should never be done. We're talking about homosexuality here. In context, this is what this is. Verse 29. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Okay, I know that that can encompass heterosexuality as well. But I want you to go, there's a um, there's a movie on Netflix. Um, I would not suggest children watch it, but it is, a, is the story of the guy who murdered Versace. And how the homosexual lifestyle is just, a, just I mean, it is, it, it's all these things that's in the text. God's word's proven right, again. All right, let's keep going here. Th- verse uh, 29, they, they, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, they break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyways, and worse yet, they encourage others to do the same thing too. 
like listen that that is strong language i'm reading out of the new living translations nlt because um, I, I just think it gives a more um a, a very clear interpretation of of what this is it's very clear that the bible does condemn homosexuality it, it does it's very clear and so you say, Caleb, what do we what do we do you've identified it what do, what do christians do well Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 14, in context, talking about sexual sin, says, Take no part in the unfaithful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Like, listen, when our sin is exposed, we can repent of it. When we sweep it under the rug and ignore it and don't don't bring it to the Lord and don't ask God to forgive us and don't, oh, God, yeah, God doesn't care. God, God doesn't care. God does care. And we need to bring it to him. He is the one who knows. He's the one. He knows what you're doing. Bring it to him. When your sin is exposed, when someone, when you see someone telling you, listen, don't do this. This isn't right. Don't follow the lust of your flesh. And that, that, is a, that is a love message. That is not a hateful message. That is a message that says, listen, I'm trying to warn you against about, I'm trying to warn you about what's coming. The destruction of the unrighteous, those that are pursuing sexual immorality. If you don't stop doing this and ask God to forgive you, there is going to be a penalty that's going to have to be paid. That is not me being hateful or mean to you. That is the truth. That would be like you standing in the street and I scream at you, listen, there's a Mack truck coming. Get out of the street. You're going to get run over. And you looking at me saying, you're stupid, you're hateful, and you're, you're, you're impeding my way of living. Stop it. Stop trying to tell me how to live my life. I can stand in the middle of the street if I want. And I scream, stop Look, there is a semi coming, and you continually look at me and say, You're an idiot, and I don't care. You're stupid and backwoods and a fundamentalist. This is what we're called to do we're called to expose sin in love. I'm not saying, like, listen, I'm not the guy that stands in the street with signs. I'm the guy that says, Listen, let's have a conversation. Why are you doing what you're doing? Well, let's get down to the why. Why are you going these route, this route? What made you decide that I need to be a woman? Where did that come from? Where was that, where was that instilled? What part of your life did you believe? I know God made me a certain way. I know I, know I came out of my mother's womb this way, but now I, I, I want to go this route. Or I know that God designed me to have sex with a woman, but I would rather have sex with a man. Where did that come into play? And you thought, man, that's a, that's a great idea. Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, that the time promised by God has come at last. And he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is what we're to do. Proclaim to people that they need to repent and turn away from their sins and believe and trust the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is, the person and the work of Jesus. That's what we need to be trusting. This means that we have to have conversations. Like I said, I'm not the guy that stands in the street and holds signs and yells. I think that is counterproductive, counterproductive. But if we have a one-on-one conversation where I can have a dialogue with you and say, listen, why are you doing what, I'm, what you're doing? I think that's a little bit different. 
In fact, I'm contemplating having car. I'd like to have someone from the LGBT or trans community come on my podcast, and I would be glad to have the conversation and dialogue with them and try to help them understand. I want them to read these verses and say, how can you get from the Bible that there's no condemnation for you that are doing this? Like, where do you, why, how, help me. And, and so, and I know that's the hardest part, having conversations. We'd rather just get behind our keyboards and write a, write a, write a post. It's hard. And at least I'm a pastor who has conversations. Sometimes they're difficult conversations, but sometimes they're needed. The most loving thing we can do is warn people that they're of the coming judgment. Like that's what Moses did. Or I'm sorry, that's what Noah did. Noah did that for 120 years and people mocked him and he wasn't trying to be mean. I'm sure they thought he's a crazy lunatic. He's nuts. He's a bigot. All the other things that people call anyone that stands up for righteousness. I'm sure that that was a thing. And I don't know. Like, it's just mind-boggling to me that this is where we are. We we shouldn't have this kind of stuff. So once again, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate anybody. I don't. Quite to the contrary, I love people. And I love people enough to say, listen, this is where you're go- you've gone wrong. And no, no, none of us like to be exposed that we're doing something wrong. Even me. I've been exposed that I've done wrong things. And guess what? I didn't like it. But guess what? I, I, long term, it's good for me. I'm good for my health. <laughs> so please don't think what I'm doing here is trying to impose my moralistic lifestyle on somebody else. I'm trying to share the gospel. I'm just simply trying to say this is what the Word of God says. The righteous standard that we're supposed to live in was set up by God, not man. The righteous standard was created by God, and that's the reason we have to come to his feet in submission and repentance and trust him, and we have his righteousness that's deposited into our account. I'm just trying to help people understand that God has already laid out how we're supposed to live. And that we need to surrender to what he's told us to do. And so my my hope tonight is, or whenever you're listening to this, my hope is that you would turn from your sins and you'd trust Christ. That's it. That is my message. I'm not saying anything that is blatantly homophobic. I am simply stating that you need to, and I would do this with anybody. You're a liar. You need to repent and turn from Christ, turn to Christ. You're a thief. You need to repent. And you need to turn to Christ. You're an adulterer. You need to repent and turn to Christ. It's, yeah. You're a blasphemer. You need to repent and you need to turn to Christ. If you're gay, transgender, you need to repent and turn to Christ. That's it. I love you all. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer, clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting? Then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.